Hi everyone, this is Pam and welcome to the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals. Have you ever asked yourself, why is junk journaling so attractive? So many people seem to be getting interested in this craft and it's very interesting. You can just see by the the size of the community and you watch it grow and you see how many people are getting interested in this new concept of making books, making fun books, making uh, memorabilia books, making keepsake books, heirloom books, uh, things to tuck little precious treasures in books, things to uh, books to write in. This whole junk journaling concept is uh, definitely coming into its own. Uh, we, I would often say, you know, when I would uh, present a gift, a junk journal to someone, I would get what I would call squirrely face. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know what to do with it. Uh, they were completely confused by the entire uh, presence of it, and they looked like they wanted to run away and hide under a, a table or a chair. But alas, I think the tides are changing ever so slowly, ever so slightly. Now think of this. People are very familiar with scrapbooks. They're very familiar with, um, uh, you know, your typical diaries and your, uh, you know, years ago, we used to, hundreds of years ago, back in Victorian times, scrapbooking was a popular thing. You literally kept scraps of things that you either collected or little daily things from your life, maybe um, concert tickets, uh, you know, show tickets, uh, birthday cards, greeting cards, Valentine cards. Uh, maybe you collected the, the very popular trade cards back then or cigarette little cards or tea cards, something like that. And you put them in your ever precious scrapbook. And these scrapbooks were often very big and uh, they had a lot of space for you to glue something on. Uh, and then, you know, these things tended to be mounted permanently to this page. But as time went on, uh, we found that uh, the production of the plastic page uh, scrapbook in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, we're all familiar with, with the, uh, the pull-off protector sheet, and you could put a picture or a piece of scrap or some type of memorabilia down, close the plastic sheet, and there it was housed uh, until the glue ate it up, basically. Um, so that was this next wave of, uh, you know, craft book uh, extravaganza, and everybody was very familiar with it. Nobody gave you squirrely face when you got a, cra- a, a scrapbook or a scrapbook supplies for Christmas or what have you not. Everybody was just dandy. They were perfectly fine. And how about a diary? Everybody knows what a diary is. Uh, a diary isn't a whole lot different from a basic journal, other than maybe it has dates and times, but journals can have dates and times as well. Not to be confused with a planner, which also has dates and times. So there's a lot of mixture of the fringes of all of this. But everybody's very comfortable with diary. They're very comfortable with scrapbook. Uh, and, they're, and they're very comfortable with the original journal, just the writing journal, something to uh, put your thoughts, your plans, possibly business ideas, possibly art ideas, possibly any ideas, recipes, whatever you like, you could put and you could write in your journal and nobody raised a brow. Everything was fine, everything was normal, and everything was dandy. And then all of a sudden came the junk journal. Now, I'm not exactly sure where this all started. Who started it? Where it came from? Who had this idea? But somewhere along the way, 
The scrapbook took a turn. It was a divergence in the evolution. I think that's what happened. One uh, branch of the Y kept on the scrapbooks and the other branch all of a sudden became junk journals. And really the junk journal, as opposed to the scrapbook, the junk journal, you actually created the book itself. I think that's one of the main distinguishing factors is that you create the journal and then you fill the journal with whatever you like. And it also has the, the scrapbook back in the 70s and 80s was often filled with photographs because that's what we had back then. We had tons of photographs and we were arranging our lives according to the photographs and we were writing little notes and putting cute little stickers on them and stuff like that and all of that. And, uh, um, you know, everybody understood that. Well, when junk journals came into being, nobody wrote a manual. Nobody laid down a set of rules. There was nothing that we could go by. You were just on your own to find your own way and do what you will with reckless abandon. So what started happening is people started learning how to make books, basic book construction, um, complicated book construction, serious book binding, uh, techniques, Coptic stitch, uh, words are tossed around left and right, book presses. Um, the traditional bookmakers ma of yesteryear uh, would look at our junk journals and, and possibly wrinkle a nose saying, this, this is not an adequate book. This thing is not put together well. This will not last for centuries. Um, but the junk journal maker said, I don't care. I want to make a book and I don't want to let anything get in my way. I just want to have fun and I'm going to make a book and I'm just going to do it. And so off they went, marching on their merry way, making their junk journals. So uh, many techniques were borrowed from the book binders. Um, uh, junk journaling uh, became popular. You started to see it on YouTube. There are many, many famous wonderful uh, junk journalers uh, that had uh, some had morphed over from the scrapbooking world some completely came in at the junk journal world some mixed media artists uh, slid over into the junk journal world and the one thing I think that it is unifying about the junk journal world is that so many different forms of art and so many different artists of, of many different types can come together on, in their books, with their papers, and create whatever they want, using what they want, their own mediums, their own paints, their own watercolors, their fibers, their fabrics, um, their favorite quotes, their anything that's special or unique to them. Uh, there's so much freedom in the world of junk journals. I think that's what attracts a lot of people to it. It's just such an exploratory space that is so free and I, there is truly a new wave, a new rage going on about junk journals. Um, I feel it. I see it. I see it in uh, my YouTube channel. I see it on my Facebook group. I have so many people coming in saying, I've never heard of junk journals. I've, I've, or I have heard of it and I didn't know what they are, but I wanted to come and check it out. Or I saw a clip, a video, an article, a blog, something related to junk journals. And for some reason, it just sounded interesting and I wanted to know more. So... It's a topic that can tickle a lot of people's fancies. 
and people get curious. People come in with amazing skills. I mean, there are seamstresses and sculptors and, uh, you know, bricklayers and, uh, you know, carpenters. I mean, so many people come in with a myriad of skills and they can take those skills and they can apply them to junk journals. It doesn't matter what your skill is. You know, even a, you know, a, a, a mason, he can uh, apply stucco and things like that and, and do all sorts of things with uh, different um, textures than, say, a, a person who works with fabrics might do. But it's interesting, and, and all the tools, uh, all of these different people come in with a different uh, set of tools and they can all be adapted and incorporated into the junk journal world. If you just take a step back and look at it from a different perspective and all of a sudden you have a lot more to play with. And the great thing is you don't even have to be an artist. You can start cold. And that's the beauty of junk journals as well. You don't, you don't need to have any particular skill. If you don't think that you can draw or paint or do anything fancy, you can buy a lot of the pieces that you want to put in your junk journal. You can print them from uh, printable downloads to uh, pretty pictures. You can use greeting cards. You can use pictures from books. You can use poems from literature. Uh, you don't have to be nimble with the pen. Uh, you can just have as much fun as uh, a mixed media artist who's been doing this for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. So I think that's also what's creating the intense rage or spin or excitement or buzz that's going on in the crafting world. The crafting industry is about a $44 billion uh, crafting industry and uh, it always goes through changes there are waves I mean we remember the macrame phase we remember you know rug hooking we remember uh, making pom-poms we remember you know a lot of these crafts from uh, you know yesteryear m many are still done today but some can be adapted to the junk journal when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can make pom-poms to hang off your spine jewelry. Uh, you know, you can use macrame to make a little net uh, going down a page. I mean, there's so many, uh, you know, very thin, thin string, but um, <laughs> there's so many different ways that you can adapt previous skills and bring them forward into 2020 and adapt them to modern day junk journals. And I think that really excites a lot of people. There's, there's so many possibilities. Ideas are endless. We're all learning from each other. We build upon each other's ideas. We also share ideas. Um, I think there's a big culture of sharing now, which uh, was on a smaller scale before because we didn't have the internet. Before we would gather in groups, quilting groups, sewing groups, um, and the like. And today we do have groups. Actually, uh, I have a, 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 a little uh, kind of a mom and pop paper shop in town and they host 
uh, junk journal classes, how to make junk journals, how to make uh, altered books, how to make, you know, so many things using the things that we commonly have to create something from nothing. And uh, so those existed and, and, and people were flocking to those groups because you could learn from each other and that, that's a beautiful thing. And now with the advent of the internet, uh, we have such a, a greater reach. We can get to people all over the world. We can get to people who um, have difficulty leaving their home. Maybe they live way out in the country or maybe they're disabled or maybe they have a million responsibilities and can't leave the house to go take a class. So it really has far reach, uh, uh, great interest, um, and it's very versatile and you can uh, adapt it to anything you want. And there's great variety in the junk journals. They can be thin and only for writing as, a, as if they were a traditional journal. They can be fat and chunky and stuffed with so many goodies that you can't get the thing closed and it, and it looks like a, a ridiculous piece of art or a giant door stopper or something, but it's so massive and so packed full it just intrigues the heck out of you because you wonder what on earth is in there? I must take a peek. <laughs> and uh, so, I, I was reading, I was just doing a little bit of research on this, and I found an article um, from July 2018 uh, regarding a trend reports in, done by the Association for Creative Industries. It, it listed the top 10 trends at the time. This was for 2018. And uh, guess what was in there? Yes, yes, junk journals, number four. Number four junk journals. And uh, I'm just going to read you a little snippet of what, what they said. Um, this particular article, uh, number four, was uh, submitted by Candy Rosenberg, a vintage girl. And this is what she wrote. I thought it was quite interesting. You're a scrapbooker, card maker, art journaler, perhaps a mixed media artist. You have a desk full of parts and pieces, paper, ephemera, tags, oh my. You ask yourself, what do I do? with all this a trend was born of junk journals out of the need to use up our bits and pieces what a great way to put all these elements together and create a book that we can uh, record our travels our stories and so much more they have become an increasingly popular or they have become increasingly popular with a great variety of vintage ephemera kits printed digital kits and for those who want the creativities of others handmade journals that are just made for you a true testament to the pure joy and inspiration of creating without rules. A junk journal can be anything you make it, literally. And I thought she put that so perfectly. I wanted to pay homage to her in here. So thank you, Candy Rosenberg, for uh, telling it like it is, because I think you uh, express uh, in words about uh, exactly how a lot of us really feel about junk journals. It's... Um, it's, it's, it's a wonderful space when you're creating in a book that you've created. Uh, there's, I would call sections of the creation of the junk journal. You have the creation of the cover, you have the creation of the signatures or the little mini books that go inside the big book that get attached to the spine. And then you have the creation of the pages themselves. So it's a three phase event that you go through and uh, you don't have to do any of the phases. You can purchase a naked junk journal as we call them and create from there. You can purchase the pages from somebody else and just assemble it from there. You can purchase pre-made embellishments and just go to town and have fun and glue. Uh, there are no rules. And uh, that's where a lot of the joy lives. Now, you might ask yourself, 
I've heard, I, you know, junk journal, that might, that's a little new to me. Maybe I don't know exactly what that is, but I do know what a planner is. Well, everybody knows what a planner is. We used to carry those around with us, and some of us still carry those around with us, and it's a very hot and popular trend. There's a new term for the latest trend, I think, in, uh, uh, I'm not a uh, planner person per se, but the term bullet journal. Uh, bullet journal, I'm uh, referencing to good housekeeping. They say it is a, uh, a method with which you live a more productive life and a meaningful life with sections to log your daily to-dos, monthly calendar notes, and long-term wants, and more. So your Bujo, your bullet journal, B-U-G-J-O, is customized to your needs, wants, and likes. So there you go. Um, uh, And so just differentiating junk journal from bullet journal. Now, junk journal makes it sound like it's entirely made up of junk. And maybe this is how they originated. This is possible that people who didn't have a lot of supplies would gather things around them, uh, you know, packagings, papers, uh, little things that came in the mail, junk mail, newspapers, comic books, whatever have you, whatever they could get their hands on. They would compile these together and make a book, maybe a booklet at first, maybe a booklet that had a cover, maybe a booklet that uh, uh, now was uh, putting in being put into a cover that had a spine and now it was starting to look like a book oh okay now so you can see how the natural trend may have occurred but the fun thing is it's addictive and a lot of people are getting hooked on the addiction of making junk journals um from reading many 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 posts uh and comments uh from my subbies i found that there's a natural apprehension there's the uh I want to do it. I'm almost ready. I've got my stuff, but I haven't quite done it yet because I'm a little scared. Okay. And then finally they get up the courage and they sit down, they say, okay, I'm going to do it. So they go ahead and they do it. And usually one of three things happens. Either they love it, they hate it, or it's somewhere in the middle. And uh, if they love it, you don't, you don't have to say anything. They're just off and running. They've got, oh, now that I can do this, I can make a journal for this and that and this and that and this and that. And they can barely make them fast enough at that point. And then the hate it folks are usually frustrated because of something to do with the construction. Maybe they found frustration in the construction. Uh, maybe their, their journal fell apart. Maybe it was all loosey goosey. It wasn't, um, it's all uneven. And, uh, they were, they said, I can't do this. It's, it, you have to be a perfectionist to do this. And, um, then there's the in the middle folks like, okay, I'm here. I got halfway done and I put the project down and I never completed it because I don't know, life got in the way. And, um, so, you know, I think everybody goes through, you know, one of these phases, maybe all three. And, uh, um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting and a very, um, uh, head scratching process to watch people as they evolve, as they go through the process themselves of first making a journal first, then making a journal successfully, and then learning little tips and uh, tricks and techniques that make junk journal making so much easier. Um, there you can make them complicated and there are some astounding uh, junk journal makers out there. There's Nick the Booksmith. There's Jibid Neary. There's people who make, you know, these quintessential art pieces that are, they should be housed in museums. They're just that fabulous. And uh, you can get classes from them and they're wonderful. And uh, that's, you know, there, so there are many different levels. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but then there's also the concept of the, um, 
It doesn't have to be perfect journal. It can be sloppy. I've seen sloppy journals, I believe, on a, a trace of sparkle. And somebody else did sloppy journals. I can't put my finger on it right now. But the, um, uh, yeah, yeah, oh, oh, Girl on a Ridge. I think she does junk journals that the, all the edges don't match perfectly. Everything is all, you know, kind of torn here, torn there. And it's an amazing look. I'm absolutely fascinated by that. And so uh, you can follow the rules or not follow, uh, follow the rules. And you can branch out and create your own style of junk journals. Amity Bloom creates very beautiful layering in her junk journals that breaks the edge of the page. Um, I've learned so much from her. It's been wonderful. So you, if you really spend the time and you look around, and you watch as many junk journal videos as you can, you're gonna start to see the vastness that is out there. You're gonna start to see the power of imagination and the power of creativity and how far you can take it and how far you can run with it. And what's wonderful is that uh, you're gonna look at ideas and then you're gonna get your own ideas. You're gonna say, oh wow, that was a great idea, but what if I added this and this and that and this and turned that over and flipped that over here and did this and that and this? And your ideas and factory will start to flow and you will be creating things and you will slip into that wonderful, happy, zen-like state. Um, and uh, it, can be, it can be pure bliss. And uh, so that is the topic for today, uh, why junk journals are becoming so attractive to so many people. I think you're going to find this trend growing more and more and more as people understand this is evolving from the scrapbooking, diary, journal world into... Um, junk journals as we see them as of today. And junk journals have not stopped. They are still evolving and morphing and becoming more individualized and uh, more creative as we go. So hang tight, folks. There's a lot more to come at you in the beautiful world of junk journaling. And I'll be talking to you soon. Take care and you have a fabulous day. Bye-bye.